It's Happy Times and Places, a positive podcast in which I, Toby Haydock, and a guest choose our favourite things about a Doctor Who story. Hello, Toby. My name is Jonathan Morris, and I'm a writer. The story I've chosen is the um, Peter Davison classic adventure of 1984, Warriors of the Deep. Well, welcome back to Warriors of the Deep. It's episode two. We're all in a base. We're about to get besieged. Press play. Now. And there we go. Uh, So, welcome back. Opening story of season 21. Doctor Who was riding so high at this point. The, 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 the last thing we had seen had been the five Doctors. Um, Ed Stradley makes a very interesting point in the documentary of this, that this is the sort of point that Doctor Who started its downward turn in the eyes of the public, in that, you know, it's riding high from the five Doctors. The, the Doctor Who celebration was out, Doctor Who 20th anniversary special was out, uh, uh, and then, you know, this story starts the next run, uh, and it's 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 on a brightly led lit sea base and has uh, the end of episode two of this which is perhaps which is a clip that's been used to illustrate even by Michael Grade on Room 101 how bad in inverted doc- commas Doctor is. Now I have to mention this now because uh, the stunt guard here uh, the one without the moustache is Trevor Steedman. Who's Trevor Steedman? He's Private Witzbowski. Who's Private Witzbowski? Well, anyone who loves the film Aliens will know that you know all of the Marines have a have a, a sort of different thing going for them. And there's lots of Doctor Who types in there. Rico Ross from Greater Show in the Galaxy, Tip Tipping the Stuntman from the McCoy era, uh, and Trevor Steedman who plays Witzbowski, who you see in about three shots, and you don't hear. Uh, you don't see die, but there is when it's sort of all going do lally on the head cams. You hear, Witzbowski, Witzbowski. And he goes, ah! Um, and I think there's been a website dedicated to Witzbowski. And he's a bit of a sort of cult figure amongst people who are fans of the Marines in uh, in Aliens. And he is the most elusive of them all because there's about three shots of him. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't do an awful lot. But, you know, all of those Marines are great great uh, sort of characters and their whole the whole thing that they've got going on between them is a, is a source of fascination for aliens fans and it's trevor steven because he was a stuntman he's a uk stuntman um died a couple of years ago uh yeah and all about four years ago now um so there we are so now yes so a link to aliens that that sequence has there's trevor steven there we go uh a link to oh so this bit's still this bit's still at shepperton i wouldn't that wouldn't have occurred to me because those those guards are only on OB, uh, and this would have would have intended to be done on film, um, so you don't get the. But it actually looks great on videotape because sometimes film makes the. Now, if that if that set had been made of worse material, as it were, uh, um, it being shot on film would have covered up that embarrassment, and you'd have had lovely sort of post dubbing and to, to clunk the sound effects but actually didn't didn't need it because it looked because it's all great uh uh so actually maybe maybe that airlock bit isn't at shepperton maybe that's somewhere else that's where the water tank is i don't know do you know what i don't know i've just told you loads about an extra an airlock you can look it up 
I'll put a subtitle. Uh, <laughs> I'll say something afterwards. I think I've got a feeling this is on location somewhere, and this is this is a real airlock. I don't think this is a set. Uh, but I could be wrong. But I'm committed now, and I'm not rewinding. Um, yeah, I think the the water stuff, the hydroponic stuff, was at Shepperton, and that that airlock is somewhere else. I certainly know the water that Davison had to swim in was really cold. Um, so, and of course, the, the doctor didn't want to. Gosh, her makeup is. Oh, I love, but I, uh, yeah, the makeup is what Johnny Morris said. It's quite, it's quite rainbowy. She looks a bit like Kronos, actually, uh, having been in the Time Monster herself, Ingrid Pitt, Hammerstar, returning to Doctor Who from the Pertwee era. Uh, that was a lovely bathing of light in the, uh, in the Sea Devils. I'm niggled about that airlock. It's going to annoy me. Uh, I try to get things right. Ha, ha, ha. But actually, that wasn't the task I set myself with this. It was to watch this and enjoy it, not not be a perfect oracle. So I've got to I've got to stop. But you know what you know what you're like, Doctor Who fans. Ah, the other thing uh, about uh, guards in this is um, is that uh, we have to play spot the Paroli because Paroli is played by James Coombs, another actor who appeared at the Ludlow Festival. This has so many... Ludlow is a small market town, which I was brought up 10 miles outside of, but every year they have a Shakespeare play in the castle. They don't anymore, uh, but it was an open-air Shakespeare, and the visiting company was always professional actors doing a Shakespeare. Uh, and my, my my brother was one of the princes in the tower, um, and, and Richard III was Edward Woodward. That's the sort of casts they were getting. Um, and so then when I, I came of age and it was my turn, I did... Merchant of Venice with James Ellis, uh, uh, and then and then I, I I carried on, and so Vincent Brimble Tarpock was in As You Like It with Sylvester McCoy as Touchstone, John Gordon Sinclair as Orlando, uh, and then Skibus and Tarpock, uh, and and then Vincent came back and was in. Uh, Loads of them, uh, including um, uh, he did a, a, an Othello in which he played Lodovico with um, Colin McFarlane from Under the Lake uh, and an actor called John Darrell playing Rodrigo, who said, oh, yeah, my brother designed uh, Doctor Who a lot in the 80s. I said, Darrell? There's not, not a designer called Darrell. He said, oh, no, he's called Tony Burrows. Uh, which is Tony Burrow, so I don't know why I called him Burrows either. So there's something going on with the nose. He said, yeah, my brother's Tony Burrows, who's the, who's the designer. And Tony Burrow, there's a picture of him in the Radio Times 20th anniversary special, and he went on to design films, but he's never been interviewed by the, the DVD and Blu-ray range. But I'm, I think he, I'm assuming he's still about, so I don't know quite what's happened there. Um, and John was a wonderful, eccentric, proper old character actor, fruity. Um, but I never got to meet his brother. I worked with John a couple of times. Um but so Ludlow Festival, which was my sort of, which was my, you know, the, the first place I got a whiff of the grease paint. Uh, and, and these act, any actor that had been in Doctor Who, I made a beeline for. And uh, they were they were very, very, very kind. Um, and Vincent Ribble and James Coombs had been in, in Ludlow Festival, who plays Paroli, before I was old enough. But he was in The Tempest and... 
Prospero was Bernard Breslau from the Ice Warriors. Caliban was Frank Windsor from the King's Demons and Ghostlight. Although they hadn't been in Ghostlight then. Um, I don't think he'd been in King's Demons then either. Um, uh, uh, and Stefano and Trinculo were Sylvester McCoy and Jim McManus from uh, The Invisible Enemy. Oh, so, you know, it was a gold mine. It was always a gold mine for Doctor Who actors, and I'd occasionally get their autographs, and it made me very happy. Um, uh, but James Coombs, you, you were hard-pressed to spot in this. He was the voice of Sentinel-7 in Episode 1, and he's basically any guard that says anything, and they, they all have the all-encompassing name of Paroli. I've got... A, I might have made this up, but I think he dies about three times. But basically, if, if there's a guard with a line, it's Paroli, James Coombs, whose main claim to fame, apart from that, he was going to be the voice of the Krags in Sharda. Missed out on that, so Pennant Roberts gives him a job. That's nice. That's it's, that's his voice. That's James Coombs' voice. He's the milk tray man. He's a very handsome, good-looking, he's now grey, that's not a pejorative term for anybody that's not watching the video version. I'm as grey as you like, and James Coombs has more on top than I. But he's a very handsome, James Bondy sort of looking actor. Um, uh, but yeah, he was going to be in Sharda, but uh, but he's in this, but as as sort of, yeah, random talky guard. Uh, Mark Strickson does not get enough credit. He's a really interesting actor. He's a really pesky actor. He 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 has a really uh, a really sort of dirty energy about him. Uh, you know, he's he's got a sort of spiteful vibe going on, but he's he's not afraid to sort of mix it up, and he's very good at looking behind him when he's you know musing about catching the camera. But he's I I, I the way he delivers lines is 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 really interesting. He he always keeps it fresh. And I think the companions have such a tricky job um, a lot of the time in in all who, but in 80s who. Uh, and I, I think he's he's a fascinating, very watchable uh, performer. Um, one of the female sea base guards uh, is is bald, which I always liked. I always thought it was a, a, a little bit of a... Uh, there's a little bit of Persis Cambata from... Uh, Star Trek the motion picture about it, uh, about that look. Although I, I'm looking now, I'm wondering if I've imagined that and they've just got their hair scraped back. I'm sure there's one lady who's who's bald. Uh, or if not, she's just appeared bald to me in the past few decades. Uh, this is great. Davison, he's got, he's, he's got a bite to him there. I wouldn't if I were you. Yeah, the, that wet vet soubriquet is incorrect. He's got guts, Davison. Uh, you know, he he would be useful in a fight. He just doesn't always, you know, de deploy the piss and vinegar. Uh, Tara Ward here playing Preston. I, uh, she was married to Ray Lunnan, who's in Frontier in Space. There's James Coombs. There we go. Spot the Paroli. It's the Where's Wally. That's your game for <laughs> Warriors of the Deep. Uh, where's Wally is Spot the Paroli. It's the same thing. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, Tara Ward, lovely woman. She writes sort of self-help books now and is, and is a very earthy, spiritual, crystal-y lady who was married to Ray Lunnan from Harry's Game and Frontier in Space and the Sandbaggers. Lovely actor, Ray. Brilliant bit, the Doctor showing his trust by going, I'll give you my gun. And that, how, how better to, to get 
them to trust you under these extreme circumstances they're about to find themselves they sort of go well this guy's a bit weird but he's done that thing and that plants a seed in in Vorschach's head of going all right because Vorschach's not a fool um uh, yeah that's a very funny bit where Turlo gets to do a, I was right all along and the incidental music goes <laughs> I think it's a bit on the nose but I, I quite like it I I think the the, the oh no because they're in, they're inside the submarine aren't they so that's like the eyes of the submarine so I was going to say I I think I'd have preferred this to be a bit slimier and more organic I still think I probably would although I like I do like the submarine from the outside I just it's non alcoholic uh, listeners I've just poured I've just poured my drink down my cravat ah uh. Oh God! I'm, I'm, uh, oh, I was, I'm a, ah, uh, a rep actor waiting to happen. If if only I'd been bought forty years earlier, I could have always spilt lager down my cravat. It's non-alcoholic, so I don't even have that excuse. Is one of those bald, or is it all just hair scraped back? Oh, and Karina, I loved Karina when. Uh, when 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 this was on she was a character i really latched onto she's she's not as prominent as she, she has the lovely bits with maddox but she's not as prominent as uh, as she was when i was a young man you know she was she was she was the nice one karina she was the friendly one um you sort of really bought into her um he's 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 really on the nose here davison and 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 i saw i have a grudging admiration for tom adams as vorschach because it is a very chiseled performance um I, I, what some could say chiseled out of mahogany but i he has a kind of stoical 50s undemonstrativeness about him that he's he's sort of acting like he's in a b movie and and he was I mean, he was a he was a really interesting. Um, he had an interesting career, Tom Adams, because he was in that that James Bond spoof. He was a bit of a movie star in the in the sixties, and he's also he's in The Great Escape. Um, and then he he'd done a series called Strike It Rich. So I knew him uh, when when he was on this. He was he was known to us as as an actor. You know, it was it was we were you know it was like oh oh Tom Adams. You know, he's in it. That was that was impressive. Uh, uh, and uh, and then he later went on to advertise sofas forever. Um, there's a uh, if you're if you're not from the UK listening to this, there's a sofa company called DFS who never don't have a sale. That's the joke. And he always did the DFS sale. But then there were other programs where he spoofed that DFS guy image. Um, and he also you know he carried on doing acting roles in Casualty and things like that. You know guest guest parts in things. But I, th I think he never quite shook off the, you know, he committed to being the DFS guy and that, that, that made him a slightly sort of cheesy presence on our screens, which, as I say, good for him, he, he sort of sent up. But for somebody who had a, he, he, you know, he was a guy that people, you know, he could, he could have been a Bond, he could have been a, uh, one of those sort of smooth British stars. And he did have some of that, that kind of stuff going on in the 60s. Um, but I know I know somebody who 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 worked with him in the eighties who who said he seemed very disappointed. Uh, I interviewed him. I have to say, um, 
for a series of DVDs uh, and I found him very relaxed, very casual about the whole thing, didn't take any of it seriously, uh, you know, yeah, perfectly happy um, and, and, and quite a jolly fellow. Um, so, uh, and he, yeah, he died not long after that. I was quite surprised. Um, but this, you know, this, uh, sea-based stuff is, 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 is great. You know, that, you know, we are in a, we are in a place locked up with guards. Uh, well, yes, of course. And, and, you know, the two power blocks, they don't name them, but in 1983, 84, you know, Russia and America were pointing at each other with nuclear missiles you know their f their fingers were made of warheads uh that's paroli talking there <laughs> he's uh I, I, is that him in the background as well is he everywhere um and and i it, it didn't strike me as a kill him yeah that's it. and davison's like oh yeah cheers um um He's he can be quite terse when when dealing with authority figures, Davison. He's you know he he's petulant is the wrong word, but he's you know he he's uh, no that's not Paroli. Uh, why didn't Paroli get to say no, ma'am? Um, oh, because probably because he's here. No, yeah, because he's here saying no, sir. He he can't be. He can't. Be, I mean, he's a man of many talents, but he can't be at two airlocks at once. And it's interesting because there's, there's actually been... A I mean, the Sea Devils and Silurians, those scenes in the submarine are a bit sort of ploddingly done. Um, and, yeah, we've I've talked about the, the atmosphere that you could have in this base that, that doesn't. But there's, there's nothing that's setting this out as... This had a terrible reputation for many years. Uh, and, and, you know, it was, it was definitely not loved uh, amongst anybody that I spoke to in the you know the late 80s early 90s if ever I spoke to anybody about any Doctor Who fans you know I don't think it, it's 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 it looks any worse than a lot of what was around at the time and and as I say it has a it has a kind of b-movie charm about it that that utterly wins me over if this was a Sunday afternoon and I just wanted to chill out and uh, watch an action adventure Doctor Who doing action adventure which it sometimes chooses to do and I'd you know and I'd seen Earthshock recently and some of them Resurrection of the Daleks recently uh, this is certainly uh, Eric Saywood's cup of tea isn't it where you and I, I believe he is that a bald lady oh no maybe not maybe I imagine the bald lady and it's just their hair scraped back um, uh, Eric Saywood killed off Vorschak and uh, Preston, who who don't die in Johnny Burns' script, to, because because Eric Saywood, you know, thinks killing people is dramatic, and I I I don't think he's incorrect. And as a kid, his sort of blood and thunder and violence was what I wanted. I didn't want philosophical conversations uh, on a spaceship or uh, you know historical pageantry. I wanted tough talking people getting killed. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I did, and you know the fact that this has the m morality element to it. Are we doing the right thing? Uh, do I have 
at the right and it's not you know there should have been another way all of that is uh, is you know is is to its credit um that now obviously the merca is uh, is armed with some sort of electric charge that reduces metal doors to sponge <laughs> that is that is right because this the merca was delivered earlier Matt Irvin, bless him, he was on Swap. He was the visual effects guy who did this. He was the face of BBC visual effects. He was like the visual effects guy who was always on Swap Shop, the uh, the, the 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 Saturday morning show. Uh, and he was he yeah he was very much the uh, uh, the ambassador for the visual effects department. And I wrote to the visual effects department because I was trying to get hold of Jack Kine and Bernard Wilkie, its founders, because. I was wanting to write a book about Quatermass, which I'm still doing, but this was in 1989, so I was 15. <laughs> Boy, you got, I can't knock a guy for trying. Uh, and instead of just forwarding my letter, Matt Irvin rang me up and said, oh, well, I could tell you a bit about Quatermass, uh, and yes, we're going to forward the letters as well. Uh, so I got back from school and had a chat with Matt Irvin, the visual effects guy from Swap Shop, but he mentioned... You know, and I said, oh, because I know your name from Doc 2, of course. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of done with that now. Uh, because um, it's horrible the way she smiles because she thinks he's going to be nice to her. And Martin Neal does this brilliantly. He doesn't want to strangle her. That's really well done from him. That's really, he's being forced to strangle her. But he's not, he's not being wimpy about it either. There's a, you know, he's acting against his will. And his, his, his brain is saying one thing and his face is saying another. Well done, Martin Neal. Poor old Karina. She didn't make as much of an impact on me subsequently, but when I when when I first watched this, she was that was really sad. Uh, so Matt Irvin, who yeah, who who designed the Merca, he was on another job, uh, so there was a delay, and then then the studio was brought forward, wasn't it? Because the election was coming up or something. So so this story was compromised by its production schedule, uh, and I know it, it 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 adversely affected Matt's relationship with with Doctor Who, which is a shame because he's a He's a legend uh, and the only man in the universe that can get away with a mullet. Uh, he's he's great, Matt Irvin, and he's always been very helpful, you know, subsequently with DVDs and things like that. But but he rang me, a 15-year-old school kid, a dreamer, uh, and spoke to me very, very nicely uh, 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 and, and without it seeming like I was getting a, a, a royal visit, which in my house, in the middle of nowhere, as a 15-year-old schoolboy who just got back from school, it really was. Uh, salute you, Matt Irvin, even though you're not happy with the murka and the fact that it was still covered in green paint. Uh, it's actually a decent from the from the sort of neck up. It's decent. It's um, I mean, it very ambitious, and the story doesn't really need it. Uh, but actually, the Sea Devils and the Silurians don't move any any quicker. Uh, that's good, good uh, stoical acting there from uh, uh, Nigel Humphrey Bulick going, I'm doing this. I'm going to have to do it. Um, I like. I remember liking Bulick at the time. I'm, I, I'm glad he survives. <laughs> the only one. Braveheart, that thing's going to kill us. See, I don't think... Oh, that's not actually too bad, the old Merca. Is it? I uh, this this. Uh, I think it's because of the distance. This there were certainly shortcomings to this when I watched it when I was ten. I remember me and my friend Ollie were were, were quite. We loved Doctor Who, but we were quite. Oh, that hasn't quite worked, has it? And we thought the 
The murker was a bit naff. I, it's funny with with a bit of distance of time. I actually don't don't think it looks and this looks any better or worse than 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 anything that's around it. And I think some things have dated okay, but again, that, that might be because I've come into this with a positive attitude. Who knows? Um, and I've got various personal connections. There's been a lot of those in this commentary. I'm very sorry about that. Uh, what facts? What facts did you learn from that? That Toby met some people vaguely related to some of these people. Sorry. Um, what do I like about episode two of, or more, more exactly, what does Johnny Morris like about episode two of? Uh, Warriors of the Deep, because it's sort of that I've got to guess what he might choose. Um, uh, ah, I like the bit, I like the scene where the Doctor gains Vorschach's guarded trust. He breaks the ampass when everyone's pointing guns at each other by going, have my gun, trust me. Uh, and Davison, because he's had the, the thing, his, his hair slightly sweaty, and his, so his eyes... Uh, and his, and his face is a bit flushed, so his eyes sort of pop out a little bit more. So he's he's looking a bit sort of action hero-y. Uh, but yeah, the Doctor giving the gun to Borshak. That scene. What has Jonathan said? My best thing about episode two is that it's the first time that the Doctor is allowed to be funny. Uh, when he um, puts on the guy's um, hazard suit and says, What have you been eating? <laughs> I was going to mention that I was talking to it because that's a bit that Davison added. Um, and I remember, you know, when I was putting the DVD and I thought, oh, I will need to say something about that because I sort of believe it. I don't I don't know if I like it or not, because I'm I'm quite a, I, 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 the, the, the things that, that, that prick the senses sometimes make me quite uncomfortable and, 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 and body odor and all of that sort of thing. I'm very, very conscious of that sort of thing. So I'm not I'm not sure I like the joke. I don't like sort of jokes that have viscera and bodily fluids and smells and things uh, in them. And yet, uh, it, it is quite a neat little gag. It's quite a neat little gag. So, uh, and I and I appreciate, and it was added by Davison, because um, John Nathan Turner didn't always let him get away with the jokes he wanted to st stick in, and he got away with that one. So I think I like it, even though it's not to my taste. I don't like it. But I, I appreciate the fact that it's there for other people who do. And I appreciate that the leading actor brought that in. But I think mine's better with the handing the gun over because I'm a very serious person. And jokes about smells are silly. Um, right. Come and join me for episode three. Between episode two and episode three, I'm going to relax and put my feet up and, and check that bloody airlock. Oh, Martin Neal was not in uh, Secret Army. That niggled me. It's because Nitzasaur was in Kessler. He was in Freewheelers, though, with uh, with uh, with Wendy Padbury. Um, anyway, um, yes, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to look at the airlock. Um, <laughs> I, I hope when I get back to you, I haven't got the bends. Uh, in the meantime, uh, this has been episode two of Warriors of the Deep. And I hope that you liked it. Goodbye. I think you'll find. I think you'll find.
find. I think you'll find. I think you'll find. I think you'll find. Well, I wasn't going to let this go, was I? And I haven't. Uh, so, uh, it was done as OB at the Royal Engineers Diving Establishment, McMullen Barracks, Marchwood, Hampshire, the Doctor in the Hydro Tank, the Doctor finding the escape route, and the Doctor in the service airlock, all from episode two, were done as an OB shoot on the 27th of the 6th. 1983 and in fact um the stuff in the cooling chamber and even uh, all the silurian stuff uh, was also done as an ob unit uh, at shepperton studios so rather than being filmed at ealing as as uh, as, as that stuff normally uh, would be done uh, that sort of stuff uh, was done at shepperton and on videotape which is why it doesn't have that sort of filmic look but yeah the bit that was really vexing me was uh, whether the hydro tank and uh, uh, all the underwater stuff with the doctor um, was was done separately, and it was. It had its own day, 27th and 6th, 1983. Oh, and Trevor Steedman, who's the extra I noticed, who's Private Witzbowski from Aliens, um, he is in that OB shoot, but he's also in the studio uh, for episodes one and three, so you can spot him there. I think you'll find. Well, I have found, and now you've found too, unless you'd already found, in which case you could have told me uh, that I think I should find, which I have. So, find off. Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places with me, Toby Haydoke, and my special guest, Jonathan Morris, who can be found on Twitter at JohnnyMorris1973. Johnny without an H. Johnny and I have also collaborated on a comedy pilot, Dick Dixon, in the 21st century. Google it, you'll find it. Have a listen, it's fun. Thanks to podcast patrons, who include Ruben Herfindahl, Mark Owen, Peter Harness, Rob Leonard, Stephen Moffat, Richard Straw, Jenny at Blue Box 99, Paul Cook, Rob Dawson, John Deere, Chris Dunford Kelk, Siobhan Galichon, Ian Key, Joe Llewellyn, Darren Mackay, Barry Platt, Luke Adkins, Peter Adamson, Will Brooks, Peter Burns, Rick Byatt, Paul Carnahan, Paul Carrington, Andy Case, Richard Chalk, and John Curley. The music for this podcast is by Dave Gates. Do join that list of patrons and get early and exclusive material at patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. It starts for as little as £3 a month, though you do get charged straight away, and there are lots of goodies available. If that's not your bag, but you'd still like to do a one-off payment, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. But look, I know times are tough. I'm very, very grateful to you for listening. But you know what doesn't cost a thing? spreading the word and even going to your podcast provider and giving these podcasts a five-star rating and perhaps a few positive review words as well. That really helps to get my algorithms going in the morning and they need all the help they can get. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, go to my website, tobyhaydoke.com, follow these podcasts on Twitter, at Podcasts, and go to twitch.tv forward slash excessmalarkey for a live comedy show with me and four of the world's finest live stand-up comics every Tuesday at 8pm GMT. That's twitch.tv forward slash excessmalarkey, the letter X, the letter S, malarkey, M-A-L-A-R-K-E-Y. Thank you.